This is your morning wake-up call on Sports Country. Grab a cup of coffee and hang with us every weekday morning for the latest news, sports, and other things going on around the world and in your backyard. Now, here's your host, Gene Gums. Well, good morning, everybody. Six minutes past nine o'clock here in Hayesville, North Carolina. Welcome to a Wednesday morning wake-up call on Sports Country Radio. It's April the 12th, 2023. Beautiful sunny day down here going up into the mid-70s. I'll be outside working if I can if I can stay awake. I am. Uh, you ever have one of those mornings... When you're up way, way earlier than you need to be, uh, this was one of those for me. Uh, you know, my, my wife, um, Barb, uh, is a, uh, a manager for Home Depot, and she had to be in to open the store this morning at 5.30. And uh, we live, you know, about a half an hour from her job, so she gets up at 4.20 in the morning, and my job really is to get her up. So I woke her up at 4.20, and usually when she's getting ready for work, I can go right back to sleep. But this morning was one of those mornings where, for whatever reason, when the alarm went off and I got her up, the brain engaged, and I couldn't shut it off. And so I laid there for, I don't know, 20 minutes, 25 minutes, and realized yeah, I wasn't going back to sleep. So I was up. I was up quarter to, quarter to five. I'm out of bed, and I'm like, oh, man. So uh, I got a much earlier start in the day than I wanted. I was up much later than I should have been if I was going to get up at quarter to five, but I I wanted to watch um, the uh, the Angels game last night. Shohei Otani was pitching, and, you know, frankly, to me, when he pitches, it's kind of must-watch TV because everybody gets excited about Shohei, and I, I get it, and, you know, what he's doing is incredible. Um, but he's a much better pitcher than he is a hitter. So when he's pitching, I want to watch. And he was incredible last night. But anyway, so I didn't get a lot of sleep, so I'm, uh, hopefully I won't say anything really stupid this morning. Although most people would say I probably say a lot of stupid things anyway. But um, before we get into what happened last night uh, around the world of sports, um, a lot of NFL fans are pissed off this morning. Um, if you uh, recall, DirecTV's contract with the NFL to the exclusivity of the NFL Sunday ticket ran out at the end of last season, and YouTube TV, of all things, is who won the contract, who outbid everybody else. Um, and... They announced yesterday what the ticket price or what the pricing for a season is going to look like. They're having a uh, a pre-sale discount, they're calling it, where you'll save, um, you know, a hundred bucks. But if you don't sign up for it early, it's going to cost you more money than it did with Directv. About fifty dollars more a year than it did last year. 
And, you know, the, the thing is, I can't do this. I can't get, even if I wanted to pay the extra money, I can't do it. And anybody who lives in a rural environment like I am that doesn't have high-speed internet can't do it. I can barely do this show. Streaming for my wife and I is next to impossible here. You know, we have to try to, because uh, I have HughesNet, which is satellite internet, which is um, dreadfully slow. It's all I've got. You know, I mean, I, I guess I shouldn't bitch. It's, it's, it's what I can get, and at least I can get online. But for instance, you know, those of you sitting at home that have high-speed internet, you're probably getting a minimum of download speed of 100 MPS, minimum, right? Uh, when, I was, when I was living in Connecticut, I got 500. My, my uh, stepson who lives in uh, uh, Greensboro, North Carolina, gets a gig, right? So mine is 25. 25 MPS, folks. It's, you know, it's better than dial-up, but just barely. But that's what I've got. So streaming is not an option. I can do a little bit better if I use the hotspot on my cell phone and use AT, but it's not an option. So I can't get the Sunday ticket anyway. But there are a lot of people. I was on uh, social media last night and watching people lose their minds over the fact that they have to pay more money this year to watch NFL games. The problem is, is that the NFL and YouTube TV damn well knows that NFL fans are going to pay whatever it is they got to pay. You know, a lot of the hope was this year that there would be an opportunity. Um, is to buy a single game or a a or for a single team, uh, but that is not one of the options. So you're going to pay more money. You're not really getting anything different than you got with DirecTV, other than a higher bill, and the fact that you have to stream it. So you know, you know, it, it, that's going to eliminate some of your your target audience. Although in the grand scheme of things, those of us living in the sticks don't probably amount to a you know a couple of percent of, of people that would get it anyway. But that's where we're at. I mean, so it's not even an option for me. And uh, But uh, the NFL fans, not too happy this morning. Uh, before we get to the Red Sox last night, how about some good news out of Boston? Uh, the Boston Bruins win last night. They set the NHL record for most points in a season, uh, passing uh, the the uh, – total set by the 1976-77 Montreal Canadiens. They have 133 points now. I mean, look, it's absolutely ridiculous what they've done this year. 64 wins, 12 losses, and 5 overtime losses. They've lost 4 games at home. <laughs> it's crazy, right? It's absolutely crazy. Um, they've never lost more than 3 games in a row this season. That only happened once. And uh, they have won 7 in a row now. Nine of their last ten, and that's how they're heading into the playoffs. They have one more game to go in the regular season. That'll be Thursday night at Montreal, and it essentially is going to be the Providence Bruins because I will be surprised if any or very many of the regulars play in that game because why would you? You've already locked up home ice advantage throughout the playoffs. You've already set the NHL record for wins in a season, points in a season. You have nothing else to prove, right? Uh, Montreal is a team that is so far out of the playoffs, they can't even see the playoffs. They're next to last in the Eastern Conference uh, with just 68 points. Bruins have almost twice that. So it's going to be a lot of uh, guys you've uh, 
uh, you, you're going to need a program to know who the hell they are. But Brad Marchand, Tyler Pertuzzi with a couple of power play goals last night. Um, David Pasternak didn't score a goal last night, but he did assist on a couple of goals. And he now has uh, 51 assists to go along with his 61 goals. That's uh, He is the first Bruins player to have 50 goals and 50 assists in a season since I believe it was 1975. Pretty impressive. Uh, and, and, you know, I mean, just uh, – and there was there was, there was actually uh, uh, Michael Felker, who was one of the radio guys up in Boston, was actually at one point saying, well, you know, he should – you know, he stinks. Really? So a lot of people are making him uh, – making sure on social media he eats his words. But uh, very impressive uh, performance by the uh, Bruins last night as they beat the Capitals 5-2. to two. Uh, and uh, now they just wait for the playoffs to start. And as of right now, um, the New York Islanders would be their first-round opponent. Each team has uh, one game left. The Islanders have a one-game or a one-point lead in that final wild card slot um, ahead of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Florida has already clinched its playoff hopes uh, are in. So, really, it comes down to whether it's going to be Pittsburgh or whether it's going to be the Islanders. Uh, the Penguins lost last night. They put a major damper in their playoff hopes. Uh, they're not officially eliminated. The Islanders' final game is against Montreal tonight. Montreal's terrible. If the Islanders win, they are in. If somehow Montreal wins that game, then the Pittsburgh Penguins would have to beat the Carolina or excuse me the Columbus Blue Jackets who are the worst team in the Eastern Conference with just 57 points to get in but it all hinges on the game tonight with the Islanders and the Montreal Canadiens and uh so the everybody on that uh, Penguins team is going to be big fans of of the uh uh of the uh, Montreal Canadiens tonight by the way it'll be the first time since I think it was 2005 that uh, Ovechkin and uh, Sidney Crosby will not make the playoffs in the same season. Uh, I mean, it's just, uh, you know, those two of the best players. And Sidney Crosby had one of his best years in a long time, and it's just a shame that uh, they weren't able to get into the playoffs. Uh, and the other news out of Boston last night, the uh, Celtics know who their first-round opponent is going to be in the uh, NBA playoffs, the Atlanta Hawks beat the Miami Heat 116-105 to 105 last night. Um, this game was one on the boards. The Hawks had 22 offensive rebounds in this game. They just owned the boards. Clint Capella had 21 total rebounds. Trey Young had 25 points. The Hawks led this by as much as 24 in the first half. Uh, Miami managed to get it back to within, I think, six at one point in the third quarter, but uh, the Hawks just pulled away. So they will face the Celtics in the playoffs, the Celtics owned the Hawks this year. They were 3-0 and against the Hawks. They averaged almost 127 points a game. Um, Trey Young was really good against the Celtics, but, you know, it's going to be too much for them to handle the Celtics in the first round of the playoffs. So the Celtics get a bit of a break there because I know they – look, nobody wanted to play the Miami Heat in the first round of the playoffs. Nobody. Uh, and the Heat are still alive. Uh, the Heat will now play the winner uh, on Friday 
against either Chicago uh, or Toronto, I believe. And uh, they will have a chance for another game. If they win that one, they would end up being the number eight seed. But uh, uh, they were very, very fortunate to even have that opportunity. But the Celtics are really thrilled that they don't have to see Tyler Hero and 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 in the playoffs because that's a. I, I was surprised at the effort that they gave last night. And, and if you watch the post post game press conference. Uh, you know, Jimmy Butler and Tyler Hero were very, very displeased with the way their team played. Uh, the Lakers win last night. They beat the Minnesota Timberwolves 108-102 in overtime, and now they know they will face Memphis in the first round of the playoffs. So LeBron James with 30 points, 10 rebounds last night. Uh, back in the playoffs one more time. And I'll tell you what, it's a great job by the Lakers. At one point, they looked like they were deader than the canned ham, and they really picked it up at the end of the season. And uh, they earned their way into the NBA playoffs with that win last night. All right. Um, The Red Sox. Look, uh, there is no – we know how good this this Rays team is. And it still – it absolutely baffles me every time I watch this Rays team how good they are. And, look, we know they had a great pitching staff. And that pitching staff has – has continued and picked up right where they were last year, if not better than they were last year. But I think that what has surprised a lot of people is the way they are hitting the ball. They hit four more home runs against the Red Sox last night. They have 29 home runs in their first 11 games. They are 11-0. and uh, They have outscored their opponents 83-20 to in those 11 games. 83-20. It is mind-boggling. Um, Garrett Whitlock made his season debut last night, gave up single runs in the first couple of innings, got to the third, and then the home run parade began. And, I mean, these, were, these weren't these were cheapies. They were no-doubters. Brandon Lau had another home run. He's had a home run in four straight games, the longest streak of his career. Uh, they have six guys that have three home runs this season. It's crazy. Um, so we know how good they are. And I, you can't blame these two losses the Red Sox have against Tampa on the fact that they don't have Adam Duvall, that he broke that wrist. You can't. Okay? Because even if Adam Duvall plays last night, right, what difference – does it really make? Um, because Kike Hernandez was still at shortstop. Everybody else was still the same. The only difference in the game last night, because of the fact that he was hurt, was that Rob Refsnyder was in center field. And he went 0 for 4 and struck out twice. Well, ladies and gentlemen, Adam Duvall could have done the same thing against uh, Shea McClanahan and the rest of this Rays team last night. Right, McClanahan goes five innings last night. Just gives up two hits, strikes out nine. He did walk four guys, but look, uh, Adam Duvall is not the difference between them winning last night and the night before. The problem is, is you have everybody like in a major funk. I mean, outside of Rafi Devers, and even Rafi is you know struggling a bit lately. 
But Kike Hernandez, who was your leadoff guy last night, is hitting 0.83. He is 0 for his last 27. He's 0 for a week. Right? And he's leading off. So there's one problem. And what has he got? Three hits all season? Right? Um, Justin Turner, who was hot early, he's now hitting 205. He broke an 0 for 16 slump last night. You know, Ref Snyder, who you've had to put out there, is not hitting, and he's supposed to be great against lefties. Uh, Christian Arroyo's hitting 176. I mean, you look up and down this lineup. You're catching tandem. Connor Wong is hitting 120. You know, Reese McGuire is the only one that's hitting a little bit. He had a couple of hits last night. He came in as a pinch hitter and then stayed on to, to catch. He's hitting a little bit, but Connor Wong can't, can't hit at all. So, you know, I mean, Tristan Casas is hitting 160. Bobby Dahlbeck actually started at first base last night. They brought Casas in late, right? He comes in as a pinch hitter to play first base after they uh, uh, after they take the lefty out. What does he do? He ends up making an error. So this isn't about Tampa, per se. All right, because they got swept by the Pittsburgh Pirates. This is about a flawed... Red Sox roster. You know, and we can't keep harping on the fact that they let Xander Bogarts walk, although it's hard not to, especially when you watch the Mets game last night and you watch him hit a two-run upper deck bomb off of the Mets. Every time he does something like that and he's having a hell of a start to his career in San Diego, it makes me want to puke. But this is about the fact that this team was flawed from the start. And I still had optimism. I still have optimism that this team is going to be able to pitch and is going to be able to keep them in a lot of games. You know, uh, look, I'm throwing last night out for Garrett Whitlock. I still don't believe Garrett Whitlock belongs in the rotation. I'm going to tell you that right now. I still think he belongs in the bullpen. Having said that, he wasn't awful last night. You know, he gave up some home runs, but he was throwing strikes. Um, he wasn't the problem, but I still think that this team could pitch. You know, when Bayo comes back and Paxton comes back, you know, and it looks like, you know, Sales coming closer to figuring it out. And Look, I think this team can keep themselves in, but can they hit enough? You know, Kike Hernandez didn't hit last year, and they, st- they still re-signed him to a one-year deal. And I'm not saying that was a bad move. I like Kike, and I think he's a great guy to have on a team. He's probably a great guy in the clubhouse. But Jesus, 083. And, you know, Alex Verdugo is what he is. You know, if he hits 300 this year, it's Christmas. But when you look up and down the lineup, where is the production going to come from? Justin Turner's a guy that can hit. I mean, you look at his career, he's hit over 300 several times. You know, and I, they, they, they cut to him a couple of times in the game last night, and I don't want to say he looked bewildered or shelled, but he's got to be sitting there going, Jesus, I left the Los Angeles Dodgers for this? You know what I mean? Uh, you know, it, it's like 
they, they just this roster was not ready. And Masa Yoshida, the the guy from Japan that everybody said the Red Sox overpaid for. But if you watched him in preseason and if you watched him in the World Baseball Classic, you're like, Red Sox might have gotten a steal here. With the exception of a couple of balls early in the season, he has struggled to make solid contact. He's not striking out. He's putting the bat on the ball. But this is a guy that's sitting in your fourth spot in your lineup. You know, a lot of people coming into the season thought he was going to be their leadoff guy. He's hitting fourth, and he's not making solid contact most of the time. You know, he's topping a lot of balls, or you know, he's out in front, and and so I'm concerned that this team may not score runs. A lot of people thought this Red Sox offense was still going to be fine; that they're going to score runs because they have Rafi Devers, and they will score some runs. But I'm not sure. You know. As I said yesterday, this team is like a game of Jenga. And Adam Duvall being pulled out of this thing was now is this, this thing teetering. One more injury. You know, if one of these pitchers, one of these guys that they're counting on, if a Bayo or a Paxton or, uh, God forbid, Chris Sale or somebody like that goes down, this team is going to crumble. Because right now, this Red Sox team doesn't look any better than the one they had last year. And on paper, it's worse. You can say the pitching staff is better. You can say that that bullpen is better. And the bullpen will be better, by the way, when they get Caleb Ort. Either either shoot him into the sun or, or, or send him to Worcester. I don't care which. This this you know this bullpen will be better when you get him and Ryan Brazier out of there and you know Ryan Brazier pitched a scoreless inning last night. Woo! You know they have made and when you get those other starters back and you get Tanner Houck into that bullpen where he belongs, and frankly, if you get Garrett Whitlock in that bullpen where I still think he belongs, the pitching will be fine. But Heim Bloom has botched this team. And this lineup, badly. There is no other way to put it. You know, and it's not that I dislike any of these guys. It's not that I don't think they try hard. I like, I'm a big fan of the way that uh, a guy like Christian Arroyo plays the game. But, you know, and, and we saw flashes that he could hit the ball a little bit last year. But I'm not sure that he's... The, you know, the, the answer at second base. We know Kike really isn't the answer at shortstop. He's not really the answer at center field either because he's not hitting the ball. You know, and, and, and for, you know, the Red Sox to think that he was going to bounce back and have some great offensive season doesn't make any sense. When you look at Kike Hernandez's career, all right, look at his career. With the except the exception of the first year he was in Boston when he hit 250. That 250 folks was the second highest average in his career when he hit 256 uh in 145 games for the Dodgers back in 2018. I discount the 300 307 he hit in just 120 or in uh, just 200 at bats back in 2015. But this guy is a 237 career hitter. So to think that he is somehow going to turn it around and suddenly uh, you know, become some great leadoff hitter is is nuts. That's not who he is. Again, I like the guy. 
You know, and 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 I like Justin Turner, but Justin Turner is what 37, 38 years old. You know, and 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 Yoshida, maybe he turns into the second coming of Ichiro. I doubt it, but maybe he does when he figures out the velocity that he has to face on a regular basis in the United States. But Heim Bloom made a mess of this before the season ever started. And I, I don't know how they fix it. I, I'm not sure they can fix it. They gotta pray they win a that 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 th- this pitching staff you know, the Chris Sale finds the fountain of youth again and the fountain of not getting hurt again. You know, and James Paxton returns to the form that he had a few years ago prior to the surgery. And Brian Bayo is everything that they thought he is going to be. You know, I mean, all those things have to happen for this team to even have a chance to be 500, let alone make the playoffs. You know, I'd still love to see them go out and, and you know, make a trade, but for who? You know, I'd still love to see them go out, you know, and see if you can go to you know Pittsburgh Pirates and see if you can pry Brian Reynolds away who said he wants out of Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's 7-4. and four. They're not trading anybody, right? As long as they think they got a shot to be in this for a while and get some butts in the seats, they're not trading Reynolds. He might be available midseason when the Pittsburgh's, you know, when Pittsburgh's 20 games out of first place, but it's not happening now. And the problem is in the American League East, by the time he's available and the Red Sox even have a chance to get him, even if they want to give up one of their top prospects to get him, and it would take a guy like give it up like a Marcelo Mayer, and I can't believe they'd do that, but you never know. But by the time that happens, the Red Sox could be 20 games out of first place in the American League East. Shit, there's six, there's six out now. And it's April 12th. And sorry for the – just dropped a curse word. Uh, you know, there's six out now. Tampa's trying to run away and hide. They're trying to be – you know, this is like one of the best starts ever. The last time somebody started this strong was like back in 2013. I think it was the Braves won 13 in a row. The Brewers won 13 in a row at one point. The Brewers, when they won 13 in a row, by the way, didn't even make the playoffs that year. They won 13 in a row and then lost like 12 in a row a couple of weeks later. So it doesn't mean that the, the you know that everybody is going to just say the Rays won the American League East. But with this pitching staff it's and, and the way they're hitting the baseball to start the season, I mean, I don't know if it's sustainable. I don't think it is. I mean, when you look at their numbers, you know, the, their, their team slugging – or their team uh, – OPS is something like uh, 945. It's something just absolutely insane. You know, and they're not going to continue to hit home runs at the pace they are. At least I don't think so. But April 12th, and you're already wondering if it's too late for Boston. Now, they've got two games left. They, they, they you know, they got tonight and then a day game on Thursday. And they've got Chris Sale. And they've got Corey Kluber, you know, so maybe, you know, but to me, it would take, it would be a nothing less than a minor miracle miracle if the Red Sox managed to split this series, which is what I said they needed to do prior to it starting for them to, to, to keep everybody in sight. But man, after watching that game last night, I, I just, I just don't know if the Red Sox can even hit enough to take two, let alone how well they're pitching. I mean, Chris Sell could go out and pitch his ass off tonight you know, and throw seven shutout innings, and the Red Sox could still lose the game. 
you know, because they bring in the bullpen and the Red Sox don't score and they bring in the bullpen, the bullpen gives up a run or two and, you know, Tampa beats you one or two to nothing. I could see that happening too. Because right now I have no confidence in this offensive lineup at all. It's 34 minutes past the hour. On that happy note, we're going to take a break. We're back in a minute. You're listening to the Wake Up Call on Sports Country. 36 minutes past the hour, a bleary-eyed and grumpy Gene Gums here on a Wednesday morning. And uh, to make matters worse for the Red Sox yesterday, um, the Yankees win 11-2. Not a big surprise. Garrett Cole was pitching uh, against a young kid for the Cleveland Guardians, and uh, the Yankees win the game 11-2. Garrett Cole does what he has done uh, for most of his career against the Cleveland Indians and what he has done to start this season uh, for the Yankees, he bo- goes seven innings last night, five hits, two runs, and uh, has gotten off to an incredible start. He's 3-0. and um, The only bad news for the Yankees last night, it seemed that Gleyber Torres uh, may have uh, pulled a groin muscle last night. He had to leave the game in the ninth inning. He's been off to a great start for the Yankees to begin the season. He's uh, uh, hitting 371 to start the year, so everybody's got their... Uh, fingers crossed on that one. And uh, Anthony Rizzo with a couple of runs batted in. But the hero of this game, uh, Franchi Cordero, a three-run home run last night. Um, Cordero is hot as a pistol. And uh, he signed with the Yankees in March, right? Uh, it, his home run was part of a five-run uh, third inning. And uh, after the game... They, they talked to Cordero, and Cordero said, when the Red Sox cut me, I texted Bloom that I would be another one of his mistakes. How about that? He texted Hein Bloom, said, I'm going I'm to be one of your mistakes. And he said, this is what makes it worse. He said, it's why I put on the pinstripes in the first place. I wanted to show him every night that he was wrong wow (laughs) holy cow um now having said all that which i think is great and good for him but let's not get too carried away franchi i mean look uh he hit 219 with boston last year in like 240 at bats um he did have 25 extra base hits. Almost half of his hits last year for the Red Sox were extra base hits. 17 doubles and eight homers. <laughs> um, but let's not get carried away. I mean, uh, you know, he's got a grand total uh, going into this season of 650 career bats, and he's got a two twenty three career average. And he struck out uh, about, uh, 40% of the time in his at-bats. He struck out 259 times in 650 at-bats. Okay, so let's not let's not get carried away, Franchi. But good for him that he was pissed off that the Red Sox let him go. And the fact that he wanted to just stick it to Heimblum. He's hitting 286 to start the season. But again, I mean, it's, it's 21 at-bats. But he's got six hits. And guess what? Four of them are extra base hits, a double and three home runs. He's got ten runs batted in. That would put him second on the Red Sox between behind Adam Duvall. 
Oh, I just, but I saw that and I just thought it was beautiful. Uh, but the Yankees with the win over the uh, the Guardians, eleven to two. So the Yankees uh, seven and four to start the year. Uh, Cleveland now falls a half a game behind Minnesota, who won yesterday. But uh, uh, just, just wonderful. I mean, I, I, I love Franchi just because, just because of that. Um, so the two teams will play again. Uh, today, it's the series finale. Clark Schmidt's going to get the start for the Yankees. Uh, and uh, Peyton Battenfield will make his Major League debut for the Indians against the New York Yankees because he uh, got called up when Aaron Savali uh, just went on the injured list uh, with uh, uh, a pulled uh, muscle in his side, a, a lat muscle. So uh, that's... Uh, <laughs> So you're making your Major League debut against the Yankees. Good luck. Uh, the Blue Jays win again. They beat the Tigers 9-3. to The Detroit Tigers are now 2-8. and It is their worst start to begin the season since 2008. And I don't want to dump on A.J. Hinch because I think A.J. Hinch is a pretty good manager. But A.J. Hinch is probably going to be the first guy fired this year, but it's not his fault. If he is fired, you know, he has nobody on this team. I mean, come on, you know, really. Other than, you know, Javier Baez, uh, they don't have a lot of talent on this team, right? Uh, You know, Jonathan Scope. you know, Phil Maton. It's not like that, you know, Spencer Torkelson, who's supposed to be, you know, their big – uh, you know, their big uh, guy coming up, you know, the guy that they drafted high. And, you know, Spencer Torkelson hit uh, 200 last year with eight home runs and 360 at-bats. Um, you know, I'm not saying the kid's going to be a bust, but he has gotten off to a slow start. It, so, And Detroit has no pitching. So, but I think that, and as we all know, managers always pay the price. And uh, the Tigers are 2-8. and eight. Uh, Home runs last night, Kevin Kiermeyer. With a home run, the ageless wonder. Not only that, he made a, a spectacular catch in the outfield. Kevin Kiermaier is uh, hitting almost 400 this year, by the way. Uh, George Springer, Matt Chapman, Bo Bichette, all with home runs. It was the uh, uh, season opener for Toronto. The place was packed. Everybody was excited. Uh, Alec Manoa got the start for Toronto. Was terrible. Four hits, five walks, and three runs, and four and a third. But Zach Pop, this, was, this is a great story. Zach Pop... Uh, ends up earning the victory because the offense explodes. He pitches uh, inning and two-thirds a shutout ball. He's from about 25 miles away from Toronto. He's a Canadian kid that grew up 25 miles away from Toronto. So uh, good for him. And uh, the Blue Jays stay hot and uh, win that one. Kevin Gausman's going to get the start today. Eddie Rodriguez, remember him? Former Red Sox uh, guy who uh, did not have a very good year last year, disappeared from the team for a long stretch of time to supposedly handle some kind of personal matter. We still don't know what that was all about. Uh, but he's off to a wonderful start for the Tigers this year, 0-2 with a 6-3-0 ERA. Uh, so uh, good luck facing this uh, this red-hot Toronto team. Uh, they're hitting home runs all over the place. Uh, and then the Baltimore Orioles. You know, um, Orioles – Six and five, great young players. We've already talked on this show several times about Adley Rutschman, how great he's been. Well, guess what? He had a couple more hits yesterday. Adley Rutschman's hitting three ninety five to start the year. But the story of last night's game was Ryan Mountcastle. 
three for four, two bombs, including a grand slam. He drives in nine. And they come back to beat Oakland 12 to eight. They were down in this game 7-3 going into the bottom of the fifth inning. They scored three in the bottom of the fifth, and then they have a five-run seventh to come back to win this game 12-8. Just piling it on. Austin Hayes had a home run as part of his four hits. Um, This Oriole team, you know, They've got a couple of decent pitchers. They don't have the starting staff where it needs to be, but these guys can hit the baseball. The Red Sox saw that, you know, uh, but these guys can hit the ball. And Ryan Mountcastle and Adley Rutschman in the middle of that lineup, uh, scary, scary good. Scary good. Um, The Mets lose again. They lose to the San Diego Padres yesterday. Four to two. Uh, the Mets are back at five hundred. They, they did you see that scoreboard by the way in City Field? This thing is ridiculous. They put a new scoreboard in this year, and it is seventeen thousand square feet. It's three times the size of the one they used to have out in center field. It is un. Believable. <laughs> Honest to God, I can't imagine how much juice it takes to run that thing. Uh, but uh, the Mets are struggling. And as I said, Xander Bogarts uh, with a two-run bomb uh, in the ninth inning to give them some insurance. They went into the ninth with a 2-1 lead. Uh, Manny Machado, a two-run double in the fifth off of David Peterson. So Machado and Bogarts. Uh, do the job. Josh Hader tried it really hard to blow the game in the ninth inning for the Padres, but hangs on and uh, picks up his fourth save of the season. And uh, Ryan Weathers, whose father David pitched in the majors from, uh, I don't know, for like, I don't know, 17, 18 years, uh, picks up the victory for the Padres last night. Goes five innings, just gives up three hits and a run. And uh, the Padres are now seven and five, tied atop the National League West with the Arizona Diamondbacks, Dodgers right behind them. But uh, we got a long way to go, obviously. But this uh, Padre team looks like the real deal, and Xander Bogarts is enjoying his time uh, with the Padres. Blake Snell is going to get the start today for uh, San Diego in the season finale and or the series finale. Tyler McGill, who was 2-0 with a 1-6-4, will be on the mound for the $353 million New York Mets. 46 minutes past the hour. One more break back in a minute. You're listening to the Wake Up Call on Sports Country. It is 48 minutes past the hour. Welcome back to the Wake Up Call here on a Wednesday morning. So the uh, Atlanta Braves pretty excited yesterday. They get Kyle Wright back, uh, who started the season on the injured list with uh, some shoulder issues. Um, they were hoping for a big big uh, game out of him last night. Didn't get it. He lasted three innings, walked four, gave up four hits, gave up four runs, uh, really struggled with his command and his velocity, and uh, gets knocked out of the game. But the great story in this game last night, the Braves end up winning the game 7-6 uh, to six over the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, Ozzie Albies and Matt Olson with home runs in this one uh, to help the Braves get the victory. But the uh, the great story in this one really um, – was Michael Tonkin. 
Michael Tonkin uh, earned his first win last night. He pitched three scoreless innings, uh, and it was his first win in Major League Baseball since 2016. It's been seven years. He's 33 years old. He pitched for the Twins for four years um, up until 2017 and then uh, ended up getting sent down and then released. And it's been a long road for him to get back to the majors. He made stops in Japan, in Mexico, in the Dominican Republic. Uh, last year, he pitched in AAA Gwinnett for the Braves and finally gets called back up. And he has been great this year. He's uh, pitched in four games and has an ERA of 2.16. And he picks up his first victory uh, in seven years in the major leagues last night. So that's kind of cool. Uh, Nick Anderson picked up the save, uh, pitching a, a perfect ninth. It was his first save, by the way, in a couple of years. Uh, Luis Sessa was given a 4-1 lead by the Reds last night. Couldn't hold it. He ends up uh, leaving in the fourth after giving up seven hits and five runs. And uh, the Braves, with the victory last night, now atop the National League East by two games with that 8-4 and four Record, uh, the bad news for the Braves is uh, Ian Anderson uh, is going to have to have Tommy John surgery. He's got a torn UCLA in his right elbow. Uh, he's 24 years old. He started this season in, in AAA because he was struggling uh, in spring training and uh, made one start with Gwinnett, and they, they knew something wasn't right. They did uh, some tests, and they found out that uh, – the arm needs to be rebuilt. So this is a guy that won 10 games for them last year, you know, and uh, he was uh, a part of their 2021 World Championship team, so they were hoping uh, that uh, he was going to bounce back but has not. The good news for Atlanta, Max Freed is coming closer uh, to coming back. He was placed on the IL back in uh, uh, April 1st, uh, and they don't expect him to need a minor, minor league rehab, so he is probably going to be back next week uh, for the Atlanta Braves. Uh, the final game of the three-game series coming up tonight. Hunter Green is going to get the start for the Reds. And Spencer Strider, who's been pretty good for the Braves, a young kid, uh, 1-0 with a 2-4-5, will get the start for the Braves tonight. Um, the Miami Marlins were the only active team in Major League Baseball that had never had anybody hit for the cycle. Now, They've been around since I I can't remember exactly when they came into being. It was a while ago. Back in was it back in the nineties? I guess they've been around for about thirty years anyway. Well, Luis Arias, who came he came over from the Minnesota Twins, he was traded to Miami for in a four player deal uh, before the season started. Uh, it took him all of twelve games to hit for the cycle for the Miami Marlins. Uh, arise with a big game last night for the Marlins. They beat the Phillies 8-4. to um, Arise finished off the uh, uh, the cycle with a single to left field in the eighth inning off of uh, Philly reliever Andrew Bellotti, uh, one of his four hits on the night. And uh, the Marlins win the game 8-4. to uh, So the Phillies' struggles to start the season continue. Philly fans in full throat. With the booing last night, they are now four and seven. Uh, if you want some good news for the Phillies, Bryce Harper's close. They actually said Bryce Harper could play in a game tomorrow. He could start hitting in a game tomorrow. There, I and this kind of surprised me, and I hadn't thought about this. The concern with Bryce Harper is not hitting. 
The concern is is what happens if he has to run and slide into a base, and they're concerned that he could blow out that elbow by sliding headfirst into a bag. And look, this is sounding like the old man that I am again. This is part of the problem with the way the game is played now. Nobody's well, I shouldn't say nobody, but the majority of people in Major League Baseball and in college and in high school and everywhere else, everybody slides head first now. Nobody slides feet first in the back. When I was growing up, nobody was sliding head first. You hardly ever saw that. You know, I mean, we saw Pete Rose used to do it, and you know, but. But by and large, the majority of players when I was growing up always slid feet first. And so, you know, they're concerned about Harper, do, you know, sliding head first. And you know what? It's very easy for me to say, well, just tell them to slide feet first. But the problem is, is when that's become ingrained in you and that's how you play the game, I'm not sure you can I, – I, I'm sure, I guarantee you, that – the muscle memory would tell him to dive head first and, and he would do it. Even if even if his mind knew he shouldn't do that, the muscle memory tells you that's the way you play the game and that's what he would do. So, uh, But he is going to see a uh, the guy that uh, did his surgery back in November uh, in early May when uh, the Phillies visit Los Angeles. And if he gets the go-ahead – he gets the full clearance from his doctor in early May. He is going to be back in major in the major leagues by the end of the month. He'll do some minor league games, and then he'll be back for the Phillies maybe even as early as mid-May when originally they were talking about a probably end of June, early July. So that will be a big boon for the Phillies, but uh, they need to figure this pitching out because Aaron Nola started last night. He's supposed to be their ace. He got bombed again. Third straight time that he has pitched this year, and he has not pitched well. Uh, now he did that last year, and he righted the ship. And by mid, you know, by the end of the season, he had pretty good numbers. But he is off to one of the worst starts of his career. Uh, I mentioned Shohei Otani last night. Uh, they blanked the Washington Nationals two nothing last night. Uh, Otani went seven innings, and just was ridiculous. Uh, you know, his his breaking ball, his curveball is crazy. Uh, he goes seven innings last night, only gives up five uh, one hit. But he did walk five guys. So the command wasn't the best, but he struck out six. But through his uh, first three starts this year, he has an ERA of 0.47. It's his 10th straight start allowing two runs or fewer for the Angels, uh, and that sets a new Angels record. He broke a record that was held by Nolan Ryan when he had a nine-game streak all the way back in the 1972 and 73 seasons. That's how good this guy has been. Uh, got himself in some trouble uh, in the fourth inning, but uh, got out of it and uh, had a base hit that uh, uh, ended up uh, putting a runner on third base for a sacrifice fly in the sixth inning to give him an insurance run. Uh, he was really, really good. Estevez picked up his first save of the season with a perfect ninth, and uh, the Angels beat the Nationals. And, you know, it's easy to make fun of the Washington Nationals. But do you know they came into the game last night leading the National League in hits? Honest to God, I, that shocked me. I mean, they came into the game last night 4-7, and seven, but they were still leading the National League in hits. So, uh, you know, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't like they, you know, beat the Oakland A's last night. I mean, the Nationals can hit a little bit. 
but uh, Shohei Otani just dominant last night. Mackenzie Gore is going to start for Washington today. He's 2-0. and He came over uh, in a trade with the San Diego Padres. Uh, young kid, I think he's 24 years old. Griffin Canning is going to get the start for the Angels tonight. It'll be his first appearance since July of 2021. He missed all of last season uh, with a back injury, so uh, he is going to make his first appearance in a couple of years uh, tonight. Uh, the Rangers win last night. Significant because it was Jacob deGrom. Jacob deGrom goes seven innings, gives up just two runs, strikes out nine, doesn't walk anybody. After that first bad appearance that he had uh, for the Rangers, he looks like uh, he is back to the form that he had when he was with uh, the uh, New York Mets. He ends up getting a no decision because the Rangers win it uh, with a home run in the ninth inning. They end up with a, uh, a home run by the catcher, Heim, uh, to win the game. They beat the Royals 8-5, to but Jacob deGrom uh, back in form. And the Texas Rangers off to a good start. They lead the National League West at uh, with a 7-4 and four record. That is going to do it for us here this morning. No show tomorrow. I've got a bunch of stuff i got to get done here. Uh, we've got some rain coming in for the weekend, so I've got some uh, outdoor stuff i got to get done. So we will not have a show tomorrow, but we'll be back on Friday with another edition of the Wake Up Call. We leave you with some music from Vince Gill this morning. It's his 66th birthday. So uh, here's some one more last chance on the way out. We'll see you Friday. You've been listening to the Wake Up Call on Sports Country.